0: Hi, my name is Juliette, and I'm the host for this podcast. I will be ordained as a rabbi in January, and one of the things I love about Judaism is the portion that we read from the Torah, which is our Bible, the Hebrew Bible, for every week of the year and connecting it to real life. And as we go through these readings week by week in order from the beginning of the Torah to the end, from the beginning of the Jewish year to the end, we analyze the stories and we comment on them. So of course, contemporary life is where we're looking for meaning, right? So this is one, li- one of my great passions, bringing this to you. And I hope you'll accompany me as I tell these stories of Torah and of my life and the lives of others. And if you miss an episode, you can always go back and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for coming on this ancient and contemporary journey with me. You can go to us. That's my website. That's l-n-e-g-d-i-t-a-m-i-d dot us. The n l-n for nincompoop and m at in the in the middle of tamid. M as in I'm not going to say it. Okay, Mary. Okay. So, please go to my website, visit it, check out my offerings, learn more about me, and, and please make a, a contribution that would be greatly appreciated and needed. Thank you. So, today's Parsha, seeing with generous eyes, R'e. R'e, it's actually, that's the very first word of the Parsha this week and it means see that's so i'm going to talk about seeing and generosity today this morning i woke up to a phone text from my daughter two more people are going to be sleeping over on the weekend of her wedding she's getting married in a week yay so exciting and stressful as you all know and in addition to six others we have two more now sleeping over and as it is, everybody's going to be spread out throughout the apartment, on the floor, filling all, this, all the floor space. And as it is, I'm struggling to get back my old bouncy, energetic, energetic self. If you know about anything about my health issues post-COVID, uh, uh, it's hard. Um, so the last... I'm, I'm still getting strong. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Since my last crash... And um, I'm measuring my progress day by day. So I'm a little nervous about this, Uh, more than a little nervous about it. And when I saw this text, I kind of lost it. I mean, I did. I I did lose it. And my poor husband, I didn't let my daughter know I lost it because I didn't want to upset her or make her feel responsible. But immediately I went to my husband cry like I I was actually crying. I was like, how can I do this? I could just see it all. The partying late into the night before the wedding, my paper-thin walls, the slamming of doors and toilet seats. I just... Yeah, it was just imagining it and not sleeping and getting up. And I'm like, okay, but you'll just push through it. You'll be fine. And on the other hand, I have extra health issues and I might pay for this for weeks but at the same time I feel really bad about this feeling of lack of generosity it reminded me of my mother who would complain and you know put very strict rules about who could stay over when could you know bringing sheets bring your own sheets blah 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 all this stuff and it just felt I knew that it was about taking care of herself, but it came off in such an ungenerous way and I don't want to be like that. So I have both of these things going on and I mean, I just thought, what a party pooper. I don't want to be like that. So why couldn't I just be excited about the excitement? It's a rare gift to see your child get married. And it will be a gift to have all of the cousins here. It's a Latino thing. Everybody sleeps over. They just sleep on the floor. They don't care. They'll bring their air mattresses, whatever. They'll share, you know, a bathroom. It doesn't matter. And just the fact that they love us and they're, they're excited to be a part of this is incredible. And one of the cousins is doing Margot's hair and the other one is doing her makeup. And it'll be fun, you know? So how does it connect with this week's Parsha? Well, in A, there's a long section about how to handle the needy in the new land that the Israelites are about to inhabit. And it's all about generosity. At first, I was gonna write about and talk about um, the ear being, you know, the, the freed slave who doesn't wanna leave his master, their master could be a female, um, having his ear pierced to the, to the doorpost and about transitions because I'm in a big transition here and she's in a big transition here and how hard it is to go through transitions. Um, Weddings are one of the most stressful times getting married, right? Getting one of of the most stressful times in life. And I decided as I was reading it that no, it was really about generosity. That's what I really wanted to write about because that's the feeling that kept coming up for me. So the Israelites are told that they're going to have lots of abundance and that they shouldn't harden their hearts to the less fortunate among them. Rather, they should be careful to open their hands to give sufficiently to meet the needs of the needy in their new land. At first it says there won't be any needy. They will never have any need, you know, and then later it says... There will always be need, need, the needy among you, which I think is really funny when the when the Torah contradicts itself. But anyway, um, so there's they say. Also, if it's time for the shemitah, shemitah year, which we're in right now, the seventh year when slaves are freed and the land lies fallow, they shouldn't start to hold back. the the landowner, the the slaveholder. Um, they shouldn't worry that they will not have enough because that's not a good way to live you don't want to treat your fellow as you know who has less than you with disrespect I passed by this guy on the uh, we have this corner guy who, who begs all the time and oh he was lying across the street just like sprawled out on the sidewalk and I saw this group of kids little toddlers on you know how they walk with these ropes and they hold on to the rope and they have a teacher in the front and a teacher in the back adorable and they walked right by him on the side of the street where where this man was lying and somebody apparently one of the adults made some comment because another houseless guy that was standing there said said oh you shouldn't treat he's a human being just like everybody else he's just going through some stuff You know, like, that's not, don't, don't, don't teach those children that. And I thought, you know, he's right. He's really right. You don't want to teach your children. I was taught that, to look down on those people, on people who are needy, on people who are in the street, to look at them as less than. And the Torah tells us that this way of thinking, not only looking down on somebody, but Actually not opening our hands to them is a lower and, and and not having enough, this thought that we don't have enough is a base form of, of thought. And they even have this phrase, Viraa encha." your our eyes are evil. There's evil in your eyes. When you look at a at a fellow person at a fellow human being who is in need and close our, our hands and our hearts. And then it says, God will hear the cries of the poor. I'm not so sure about that, but okay. And those with, who withhold will stand guilty. And if on the other hand, we give with an open hand and heart, we will be rewarded. There are even specific stipulations around slave ownership which unfortunately give greater benefits for the fellow Hebrew slave, and here they are. One, no one should serve more than six years. It must have been revolutionary to say that, um, and this was unfortunately a message that was lost on supposed, supposedly God-fearing Americans, including sadly Jewish slaveholders. I mean, you know, American slavery was unique, holding, for the first time in history, lifetime for being, holding slaves for for their lifetime and for for their children and their children's children. And that's another thing. They say if they had a wife of their own when they came, then they should be allowed to leave together, children included. That was in Exodus, actually, because this story about the slave who was freed shows up in Exodus as well, not only in Deuteronomy. Um, Another thing is that the owner should not resent having to set the slave free because they've gotten double the work they would have by paying a laborer. I thought that was interesting. And the owner should send them off with provisions from the flock, from their grain, from their wine fleshing the 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 the, yeah from their grain and wine so you don't just send send them off without payment although in exodus it says send them off without payment um and here it changes the story so again the torah is contradicting itself which it loves to do and finally perhaps most importantly and shockingly is the slave who refuses to go because they love their owner and things have gone well for them their ear must be pierced to the doorpost with an awl this is a much debated subject why is it the doorpost in one place it says doorpost in 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 deuteronomy it says doorpost and door or or door and in exodus it says just the doorpost um and why what's that about How long do they have to stay there? What does it mean? And they will remain in servitude forevermore. Now, in Exodus, when they talk about the slave refusing to go, it also says, you know, if you gave them a wife, then they have to leave the wife and children if they've had children in the meantime. So I could see why the slave wouldn't want to leave in that case. And in this case, it says in Deuteronomy, it says if they love their owner and things have gone well for them. And if we look at this, honestly, we might ask the question, how many options were there out in the not so wide world back then for these newly freed slaves? Maybe staying with a non-abusive owner was better than who knows what would happen to them out there in the world or sometimes people even do choose to stay with abusive people as we know another subject for another time but the intended lesson is still about taking freedom when the, oppor- when the opportunity presents itself and I want to ask the question how often do we turn away from opportunities for newness and for freedom because it's too hard and painful incurring some kind of loss for me taking freedom might look like letting go of my worries over sleep for that one night before the wedding yes there might be pain involved as in my health my compromised health afterwards yes that's true but taking freedom might also look like redirecting my thoughts towards the joys of a once-in-a-lifetime sleepover with fun surprises. Who knows what will happen and what memories we're going to ha- create from this. My cousin, I have a cousin who used to say, we're creating memories. I like that. I thought it was crazy at the time, but i it stuck with me my whole life, actually. And Didn't I just say a few weeks ago that the only thing that matters is the love in my family? So can I stay positive of mind and be generous of heart? Can I take this opportunity to change old hurtful patterns in my family? Hotels in New York are astronomically expensive and my husband's family hardly have unlimited means, but that's not even what this is about in the end. These are moments These are the moments that matter in real life, that matter in life, the love that we create. And the opposite memories, they have stuck with me my whole life as well. So I wanna go on, I wanna err on the side of being more generous and less worried about myself and taking the risks and paying the price afterwards, though it's gonna be painful. It will be, I'm gonna crash, I might. I I know you're gonna tell me, oh, don't think that way then you're going to make it happen but save that because I've I've been i I've, I know my body too well and it's not going to be great but I'm hoping I can still hope because although no one needs a reward for being generous or should be should need a reward for being generous the rewards are all of the gifts that I'm going to get from this beautiful time together and that we'll always be able to look back on with joy instead of resentment that's my freedom so let's say amen and I'll let you know how it goes thanks for listening thank you for coming on this journey with me good Shabbos